every original thinker, entrepreneur, and inventor can pinpoint it. The exact moment they changed things forever. But how did it happen and why? You can either help make change happen or change will happen to you. Each month on The Catalyzers, digital transformation expert Mark Russell speaks with the amazing people who drove change in positive, profound, and disruptive ways. This must-hear podcast will show how you can become a catalyzer. Welcome to our very first episode. In this show, we speak with true catalyzers, the people who drive change in positive, profound, and meaningful ways. I'm Mark Russell, digital transformation expert and CEO of Catalyst XL. With the show all about making change, we felt there was no one better to kick off the season than with Ted Canis. Ted began his career at Ford in 1989. He was a profit analyst at the company's headquarters in Dearborn, Michigan. He worked 11 years in finance with assignments around the world. And in June of this year, Ted was appointed CEO of Ford Pro. Ford Pro leverages technology to deliver a revolutionary range of electric and gas commercial vans, trucks, and connected services, which helps business and government customers improve productivity and lower their total cost of vehicle ownership. In this episode, Ted shares many amazing insights, including how to deal with objections when you're trying to make change, how to decide whether A no should really be a no. How to be who you are and focusing on your strengths to make your impact in the world. Here's our first episode of The Canalizers. Welcome to The Catalyzers, Ted. It's great to have you here, and and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the invite, Mark. Always great having you and I together again. We've worked together before. And I've always seen you as the biggest change agent, innovator, and really a calculated risk taker, really one of the best I've ever seen. And I'm sure that's really complemented your journey at Ford. You've been there 32 years. You started as a profit analyst. And I'd love for you to walk us through your journey from the lens of being that change agent. And how has it benefited you through these years to wind up as the CEO of Ford Pro? Well, I think it's an interesting question. And actually, I have one of my managers, I'm talking about change agency right now. And I reflect back on one of those training programs they have for leaders along the way at different levels. And they had done a change agency test from you like no change and to in the middle was pragmatic to a lot of change. And of this group of Ford execs at the time, I think there was about 30 of us, There were very few in the like change category. None of us were all the way to total change agent. Two of us were more than pragmatic and the rest were more conservative. And that's very typical by business because we make investments for plants and facilities that last 30, 40, 50 years. We make cars that those are investment decisions on design and product and last 10 years. So a conservative, thoughtful approach is really important to the stability of a company in our space with long timelines. And uh, being a change agent in that environment means you can be a bit of an exception. So it requires resiliency, I would say, up and down along the way. Have you always been a change agent or is this something that developed over time? 
I would say, I think it is as much as about me, like when you take your Myers-Briggs test, I'm an ENTJ, by the way, and it, it is who I am. I, I didn't know it because you don't really know it when you come into a company that you're just kind of different. But I was always trying. I see process improvement. I hear something. Let's fix that. If I hear it, I want to fix it immediately, small, medium, and large. So I think over time is how to do that, how to organize the pieces, eliminate the obstacles, listens to the objections. I think the how to make the changes and how to make and invest in time, things that become more and more important is something is honed and learned over time, but the basic drive has never changed. That's great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you're up to at Ford Pro. And if you could touch on the Mustang Mach-E, beautiful car, by the way, and your involvement with that and how it influences your world today in, in Ford Pro, it would be really great to learn about what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm still enjoying every day. I have one of the first Mustang Mach-E prototypes. I hadn't seen my cousin in two years because of COVID. So he came over last night, was driving around and to see his face light up. I mean, that was a mega, mega change project. So when they put me in charge of this project, which we named Team Medicine to do the whole strategic change at Ford globally of our, all our electrification plan strategy, which means the vehicles themselves, charging solutions, those vehicles, which is just as important. And the whole experience of a crowd that's going to be more tech adopters. And so a whole different way to go to market, work with the dealers and customers to order online. And that was uh, that required an end to end every part of the business. And one of the first things and one of the earliest projects was definitely how do we turn it into a Mustang, which has its own challenges. A Mustang SUV right there for many is a heresy and a Mustang SUV electric even more. But the idea, and I think a lot of it like any brand is, can you lean into your strengths and of what the brand promise is really is fun, fast American freedom in that spirit. It's a feeling and an energy. And how can you bring it to the next generation? The generation that had the Mustang of the past and got that when they were younger in internal combustion. But for many of us in the future, you can make an amazing performance car that can feel differently, can feel like a Mustang in a whole new generation and bring a whole new generation to that vehicle. And that's what we tried to do end to end was to bring that to a younger technology uh, forward person, but to bring that original generation of spirit of what that could be uh, in a new world. And I, I think it was one of the greatest parts of that entire multiple vehicle electrification project that we put together. Do you remember the first time you encountered obstacles? You know, the first time someone said, you're crazy. I couldn't even say the first. I remember after I had been 10 years in Ford and I was in finance and I had done this thing that was a whole paper and strategy analysis that was going to save us $200 million a year. And my boss, it was fantastic work. I got great credit for it, et cetera, but they didn't implement the idea. I'm like, huh. And I'm noodling that like a year or two later, like, wow, if I did all the work, but nothing happened, did it matter? So even though I got a pat on the back and like, huh, that. And that changed my approach a lot. Uh, well, the thought doesn't count. And you know, it's like my wife, I could say, well, I'm thinking about buying your flowers, but not buying flowers is not the same thing. And it, so I spent a lot more time of, okay, if I'm going to do it, is it going to get done? And if it's not going to get done, then I also need to understand for myself why the rationale for myself of why it is not uh, being uh, implemented. No is a given if you're passionate about the idea. 
it, my view or the idea is the idea has to be worthy. It's not just Ted's idea or the idea. It has to be consistent with something. There's got to be data points that prove it can work, uh, not just what has looked in the past because that's the past, but how in a new changing world it can work for that changing world from a human standpoint back to a technical standpoint. And when you have objections and they're always there, they tend to be real. What is it about it? Because maybe that no should be a no. <laughs> and then try to go back and say, what have we missed? Have we thought hard enough? Did we explain it properly? Do we have enough evidence? Do we need to collect more information? Do we need to change their approach? Many times, if you can really take it as seriously the no about him and really flex test the idea, and then at some point, you just have to believe that the idea can work. But I think there's a long path to no, and some no's must turn into no's. There's a lot of people not in a CEO role like you right now, Ted, and they're probably about to make the climb or want to make the climb. What advice would you give them? Is it, is it the same as the advice you'd give someone who's in an executive role or is it different? I think that some of the things that even now when I handle obstacles are just as true when I would have started and, and have somebody else start. Be prepared. Get your own ducks in order. Think through the questions and issues they're going to have. Was I surprised that there was going to be resistance to naming this vehicle a Mustang? Absolutely. So how do you get information? In that case, gathering market research, looking at data, combining pieces. So I think there's always a lot of homework you can do for yourself to, to put your own holes in the idea. I think a lot of bring, people bring in ideas that should be knows. They just didn't spend any time thinking about it or trying to gather up research, input, co colleagues' input, and the, the right amount of information to prepare the idea to, to think it was good or versus if this is just something cool. What are some changes that you see coming down the pike in the industry that you can share with people? Trends, things like technology and vehicles, subscription agreements. Tesla just announced, I think in the last couple of years anyways, $199 subscription. And when you look at Ford Pro, there's such an opportunity for technology to play such a a deep role in commercial vehicles. Can you comment on that? I think some of the things I see in our space in commercial vehicles, and for those who don't know, that's the delivery van to your door or the bucket truck working on your utility lines or the Comcast van that's showing up for your cable. It's the people that do work in America, dump trucks, landscapers, plumbers, electricians, and the companies that have thousands and thousands of those who are employees like a company like Ford who also uses vehicles to run their business. So in that space where we own, we're a huge player in the space, the largest in North America, the largest in Europe, we see there's four things that are going on. There's the electrification of the world because the planet needs it because there's real business opportunity for commercial customers because they know how far they drive for the local plumbing business or a delivery van. They know routes, they've got data that shows it. So they can match up battery range and their use application much better than a retail customer. So electrification and the solutions for charging of a company are essential. And we're investing a lot in that space and resources, dollars to come up with end-to-end -end solutions so our customers can move to electrification with the new e-transit or the F-150 Lightning. And we can be the biggest part that will move more people to electric quicker with supporting their sustainability initiatives and to save money in their business for cost of ownership moving to electric. So that's definitely one. 
software, data, and over the air. Connected vehicles allow us, just like our Apple Watch, it produces data that tell, well, are you standing? Are you walking? Have you heart issues, heart rates? Now you have a vehicle that can tell you what it's doing and how the user is doing it with consent. It can help you anticipate problems. It can connect you to see idle time. Is the vehicle in the wrong location? Is the driver doing harsh braking if you're a company because they're trying to avoid collisions from someone to run in behind? So suddenly it's this data-enabled entity on the IoT of the world that it can be strung together to create fantastic productivity for commercial customers to run their business better, to serve their customers better in a world that is always connected with charging and an electric vehicle case. So that and the ability to update and improve your car over the air, what a huge opportunity for customers. So that's a big, big change that's going on along with driver assist technologies helping you be a better driver, lane departure warnings, blind spots, cameras. Why is a good thing if we all could be safer, better drivers and monopolize and manipulate the world around us in a safer way, both if we're drivers ourselves or the people around us, pedestrians, workers, or the environments we're working in, a mining site, a construction site where avoiding obstacles and pedestrians and ensuring the driver in their tasks around the vehicles are doing amazing things. And then I think the last one, as all that becomes really integrated in this software, is the move to semi-autonomous and autonomous, where tasks are completely taken over, and that becomes the optimal safe driver and can do much more efficient operations. So I think those four trends are happening in retail. In the service of commercial, they're making Businesses do their jobs more productive, employees safer, and they're doing less downtime, wasting away because you can optimize the service of your vehicle faster and with the right precision. It's an amazing digitally optimized world that we're going to bring for our customers. And that is the biggest trend by far. I'm curious, did you have a mentor relationship that was significant to you, really important? I've had mentors. I think I learned from a lot of people, just like when I was learning from a lot of countries and you're adapting to moving to a new country. I think you can learn something from almost everybody. <laughs> this includes in your company and outside. This guy's a great golfer. That guy's a great fly fisherman. This one has intellectual deep knowledge of archaeology. Everybody has something to offer. I can remember mentors along the way where I learned this tip or that insight or how they approached customers. And I think just as much from the personal mentor, I enjoy reading on subjects. I, I don't tend to read that much about human subjects, science. Uh, those to me are important and they have everyday applications as the sciences move along the way. So I, I'm constantly feeling inputs to become a better me. That's for sure. I saw your uh, recent Wall Street Journal article about you. It was a great article and a nice quote from Toby Barlow, who we both also used to work with. It was saying that they want you to increase commercial sales from $27 billion to $45 billion. They certainly give you the uh, high, hard ones, don't they? We are so well positioned, you know, with over 40% of the full-size truck and van commercial business in, in America, governments, small, medium, large businesses, local, state, and federal governments, and also leading in Europe. We have a great platform of vehicles. And as we've enabled these with modems so they can be connected to the internet, and as we lead with the two OEM e-transit e and F-150 over the next six months to really electrify these products and to bind it all together in, in digital systems, we're so well positioned to really help our customers with deep relationships, 
and broad geographic coverage to service them. So I think with a, a real focus of making the vehicle beyond the vehicle, Ford plus the always on in a streaming world, much to your revenue uh, subscriptions that you talked earlier, we have huge advantage. And now with Jim Farley, really when he spoke to capital markets, uh, probably back in May, it was really, where's the company going? It's electrification, it's connectivity, and this investment commercial. Lean into your strengths. And really, commercial sits at the crossroad. The customers are going electric. They need sustainability plans, or their stakeholders and customers want them to go electric, to deliver their vehicles and services electric. And they need connected solutions to make those work and to improve their businesses so they can operate more efficiently. So we are leaning into something we're already really strong. And I am positive we can build an amazing expansion of business both here and in Europe. If there's someone who can do it, <laughs> it's you, Ted, for sure. Well, great. So I guess as we wrap up here, is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners? The only thing I was thinking is if we wrap up, we reflect back and didn't know where I was going to go. I, I was a philosophy major before I went into finance and got my MBA in, in finance and accounting. And so I, I love the sciences. I love the arts. And uh, I think you have to be what you are. It's it's very hard to be what you're not. Kind of an odd thing to say, but I see a lot of people trying to be what they're not. And that is personality-wise, interests. I think if, if you can be constantly curious in the areas that interest you and where the world is heading, that interests you and you can find that fit. If you can really digest the information around you and it's conflicting sources of validity and the biases that are inherent in yourself and, and the world that we live in and really become an expert in this collection of day in the world. I think you can do amazing things to have a very useful career and useful life. And, and i Got what I, I joined Ford because I wanted to be in a business that people cared about. And everywhere in the world, people are interested in cars. They're, they're a piece of art and styling. They're safety machines. They're environmentally. They matter to the planet. They matter to the people around them. People are passionate about people talking to them over dinner. And the other thing, I really wanted to be an international business. In this company, I've worked with all sorts of markets. And I lived in Brazil and Venezuela, Argentina, Turkey, and Russia for 13 years in, in those markets and travel all the time. And I travel in the US all the time. And so to me, including with the family, I was able to lean into things that I wanted to do. And there were challenges on the way, but the payback was also what I had hoped it would be. Not in exactly the path I thought. And you know, I always knew I wanted to do different things. So that's why I was in finance and general management and marketing jobs. Uh, obviously with, in marketing when I met you, Mark, but it's been fun to have that view of the business across. Those are amazing words to live by, uh, words of wisdom. Uh, thank you, Ted, so much for joining the Catalyzers. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks very much for having me. We hope you enjoyed our very first episode of the Catalyzers. We have some amazing guests lined up this season, so please tune in to our upcoming episodes. If you have a chance, please leave us a review and let your change agent friends know to please tune in to our next episode. Thank you. See you next time.